Do you have challenge credit? No worries. I'm here to make your home ownership dreams become a reality. I'm your host, Tasha, certified credit consultant. And on this podcast, I'm going to be teaching you everything you need to know on how to get your credit mortgage ready. For more answers to credit related questions, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Glowgirl Credit. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. A Chapter 7 bankruptcy can stay on your credit report for up to 10 years from the date that the bankruptcy was filed, while a Chapter 13 will fall off your credit report seven years after the filing date. So if your home buying plans were put on hold due to a bankruptcy, I want you to listen up. Home ownership is still possible. It's as simple as building up your credit and providing your lender the bankruptcy dismissal or discharge letters. Easy peasy. So mortgage lenders, they honestly do not discriminate against buyers who have filed bankruptcy. Instead, uh, from what I see with working with lenders, they're more interested in the bankruptcy circumstances and how the buyer has managed their credit since the discharge. So that is more important. So let's talk about some of the waiting periods. So I'm gonna start with chapter seven bankruptcy. So the waiting period to purchase a home after a chapter seven bankruptcy usually ranges from two to four years. It depends on the type of mortgage. So from the date of discharge, if you wanted to do a FHA loan, you have a two year waiting period. If you want to do a VA loan, you have a two year waiting period. If you want to do a USDA loan, you have a three year waiting period. And if you want to do a conventional loan, you have a four year waiting period. So with the chapter 13, the waiting periods to buy a home ranges from zero days to two years. So it all depends on the mortgage type. Uh, So from the date of discharge, a FHA loan has no waiting period. A VA loan has no waiting period. A USD loan has a one-year waiting period and a conventional loan has a four-year waiting period. So so now that you know, okay, what do you need to do in addition to meeting the minimum waiting period? In addition to meeting the minimum waiting period, you'll need to show the lender that your financial house is in order. So you'll also have to reestablish good credit and meet those guidelines as well. So with bankruptcy, it could take a big hit on your credit score, but you can always rebuild it. So someone with a pre-bankruptcy credit score, you know, you may be in the mid 700s. So you may see a hundred point drop or more drop in your um, credit score versus someone who already had a low credit score. You may not see a drastic difference because we know that um, with the FICO score, it ranges from 300 to 850 so if you're already at the bottom it's like I mean how low can you go and since we are talking about how to get your credit mortgage ready I want to share some tips with you that you can start doing to rebuild your credit now let me tell you why I can share this with you is because one of my clients he filed bankruptcy um, I think back in 2014 2015 or whatnot And um, he took the time and he went back and we rebuilt his credit and he just closed on a half a million dollar house. If you follow the steps to rebuilding, this will work for you. 
the most important thing when it comes to bankruptcy is going to be a financial mindset shift. So you're going to have to really manage your money wisely. You know, you're going to have to look and think about money differently. You can't go back to those habits that cause you to become in bankruptcy the first time. Now, with this client, it was a little bit different uh, with him because he was going through a divorce. So, I mean, literally everything was in his name. I don't think his wife had anything in her name, honestly. So in the divorce, you know, unfortunately had to file the bankruptcy. But let me go ahead and share some of the tips. So because your credit score is going to be so low and because you have that bankruptcy, it may be hard for you to go and reestablish credit. So the first thing you need to do is apply for a secure credit card. So immediately after your bankruptcy, go ahead and try to go ahead and get a secure credit card. Now, just because it's a secure credit card doesn't mean that you're going to automatically be approved. So you're going to have to do some research. You may have to get some denials. You're going to have to keep going. And when you're looking for that secure credit card, just don't go with the first one. Do some research. And I want to give you some things that you need to look at with any credit card. So the first thing, because you are reestablishing credit, you need to make sure that the secure credit card reports to all three credit bureaus. Because some credit cards may only report to Equifax. Well, that doesn't help your TransUnion and experience score because it's only gonna report to Equifax. You also need to make sure you can't afford the deposit. So with a secure credit card, you will have to put your money up front. So if you put down $200, then that is going to be the limit on your card, $200. If you put $500, that'll be the limit. And I believe some cards go up to $2,000. But me personally, I don't think you should go over $500 because the next thing you understand when I read the next one. So the next thing is make sure you have a path to upgrade. If like, for instance, Discover and Capital One, about six months, if you're paying your bills on time, you're being responsible, they will automatically upgrade your limit and then give you your deposit back. And then sometimes after that, they turn into an unsecure card. So that's why I don't recommend you put more than $500 on there because if you're doing what you're supposed to do and using the card correctly, they're going to, make it unsecure anyway. And then uh, the last one is make sure there is no annual fee. When I went to get a secure credit card once, I didn't know. I didn't know to read and understand about credit cards. And unfortunately, I got a card that had an annual fee. And I'm really mad because I still have this card to this day because I don't want to close it. And I don't even use the card, yet I'm stuck paying the $59 every year on a card I don't use. So learn from my mistake. That's what I wanted to throw that one in there. So make sure that it doesn't have an annual fee. Make sure it has a path to upgrade. Make sure you can afford the deposit. And most of them start about 200. And make sure that it reports to all three credit bureaus. Okay, so the second tip is once you get those, uh, well, you should start with one. Once you do get that secure credit card, Make sure you keep your utilization 10% and under. So for instance, if you have a $500 card, you shouldn't be spending over $50. And if you have a $200 card, you should not be spending over $20. See, here's the thing. Credit cards are not an emergency fund. And credit cards are not meant for emergencies. Now, this is just my opinion. And that's what I'm saying. It's going to be a mindset shift to you. Credit cards 
are used for you to play this credit game, for you to build credit so you can save money on things like car insurance, get a better rate on your home. Some life insurance company runs your credit. Some jobs run your credit. So you have to play the credit game. So you need credit cards to build a healthy profile and look at it like that, not as an emergency fund or I don't have money, so let me put it on my credit card. And that's just not the way to go. The third tip will be to get a credit loan builder. So a credit loan builder is an installment loan. And this first thing it does is it helps you with saving with a lot of the credit loan builders. Like for instance, self, you will choose your plan and you'll get your money back. And not only does it help with savings, it also helps with your credit mix. So having a revolving account, which is a credit card or charge card or a uh, retail card on there. And then you also need an installment loan. So if you don't have a car note, because you know, if you don't have a car note and if you don't have a mortgage on your, on your credit report, this will help you with your credit mix. Now I recommend self right now. I recommend self because it does report to all three of the credit bureaus and you get to choose the payment plan term and you get to choose the dollar amount that best fits your budget. So a lot of people I know now, a lot of my clients that I recommend this to, they're doing, I believe it's $25 and they're doing it for, I believe, 12 to 24 months. And what I love about it is that each on-time payment that you make each month, it helps you build credit history. And like I said, it adds to your savings because at the end of the terms that you pick, either the 12 months or the 24 months, you'll get your money back at the end minus their fees of course and then um like i said it's it's inexpensive so you can start with 25 dollars as long as that's in your budget okay the next thing is become an authorized user now here's the thing when you become when you are becoming an authorized user on someone's account there are two things you need to look at which i feel like people forget the number one thing is you need to make sure they don't have any late payments because if they have late payments, all of that is going to be reported to your credit report. What I'm seeing now is two years of history. So two years of history of their credit hist- credit card history will be reported to your credit report. Also, here's the number one thing people forget to ask. Make sure their card is not maxed out. If they have a credit limit of $2,000 and they're using $1,995 that is mm, 95 you know that's that's 98 99% maxed out so that is not going to help your credit that's going to hurt your credit now authorized user is different than someone co-signing because when you're an authorized user you have no responsibility over that account Versus with a co-signer, you are reliable for that debt as well. And if you become an authorized user, if you no longer want to be on that person's, I mean, if you no longer want that person's trade line on your credit profile, you can just ask them to remove it. Simple as that. So a lot of people say, hey, Tasha, my mom, she had this credit card for 27 years and she had good on-time payments, but the credit card is maxed out. So that's going to actually hurt your credit more than it helps your credit. So make sure that they have good payment and then their credit cards are not maxed out. Okay. And then also make sure that you pay the bills that report to your credit report on time. And what I mean by this, so how I do my bills is I have primary bills, which is 
mortgage, car notes, credit cards. I'm trying to think of anything else. Those things that report to my credit report, I pay those first, no matter what. And then your secondary bills, you'll have, you know, your phone bill, any utility bill. You can pay those second. But I prefer or I recommend that you put the bills that report, including the self, if you get self, on auto pay, primary bills, and make sure those the minimum balance are at least paid by those due dates because it takes one late payment to drop your points, your credit score, I'm sorry, 50 to 100 points. So make sure that those bills are paid first and then your secondary bills, if need be, you may need to make some type of payment arrangements. Now, the reason why I said that is because those don't automatically report to your credit report, not unless, of course, they send you to collections and now you have a collection or something on the credit profile because you were late or, you know, you didn't pay them when you were supposed to pay them when you're moving out, whatever the case may be. So make sure that you are paying the bills on time that report to the credit profile. So after, you know, a couple of years while you are building your credit, go ahead and get your pre-approval for your mortgage. I see people every day that's getting qualified for mortgages with bankruptcy still reporting on their credit profile or sometimes you know they may work with a credit repair company or they may do it themselves to try to get it removed either or either way it goes I mean you still can get the mortgage you may just have to uh, write a letter of explanation and then just give them the paperwork saying that hey you know you've paid this off also I'm sorry I forgot I wanted to add one tip um, that people do not tie together with credit is having an, having an emergency fund. It is very important that you have an emergency fund for the simple reason, like I said before, credit cards are not for emergencies. An emergency fund or rainy day fund, whatever you want to name it, it can look as easy as saving $20 a check. Start with something. When you start managing your money, See where you're spending your money, where you can possibly temporarily cut back or sacrifice until you get your emergency fund set up. So, you know, a lot of people, the financial gurus and experts would say have three to six months saved up. So if you can do $20 a check, listen, it's going to add up. Put that in a money marketing account or something or save a high savings accounts where you can get some interest on it some compound interest do some research and look into that but yeah don't forget to um do that emergency fund don't forget to do that emergency fund as well so i'm going to briefly go over the tips for you one more time so the first thing you want to do is apply for a secure credit card the second thing you want to do is keep the balances on your revolving accounts under 10% get you a credit loan builder I recommend self become an authorized user and most importantly pay the bills that report to your credit profile on time and those are going to be well also I've got number six well really this should be number one <laughs> start an emergency fund so that is going to wrap up today's episode if you have any questions regarding getting your credit mortgage ready feel free to reach out to me Give me a text, email me, phone number 877-887-4569. Email me, 
support at glowgirlcredit.com. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. But always, if you found this episode to be valuable in any way, please share this episode and I will get with you in the next two weeks. Take care and thank you for your support.